What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, November 30th, 2017, and you guys are listening to episode 333. That's right, 333 today here uh, on this lovely Thursday afternoon in um, New York. Actually, it's early. It's like right after morning on Thursday, and uh, I have a lot of stuff to talk about. Had a great weekend, um, beyond saddened and hurt and upset and fired up and pissed off and and just the all the the whole bag of emotions on the Eli Manning thing, which I'm still hoping to God doesn't happen. Um, I'm actually I'm sick over it, and I think it's um, it's 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 brutal. It's brutal. I'm going to be talking about that. So if you don't like sports, and you know, but Listen, here's the good news. Even if you don't like sports, if you like to listen to me rant and yell and start to get all upset and excited, I'm probably going to do that. And I'm probably going to do that at the top of the show, to be honest. I'm opening the show with Eli Manning, okay? And I'm going to get all the Eli Manning shit, all of my anger shit, everything that's bugging me about this um, to the point where I will exhaust it. Um, I will probably make you guys laugh in the process. I will probably make you guys say, how could this man who's a grown adult with two children get this upset about something in sports, which you absolutely would be right to say. Um, But this one stings. This one hurts. So we'll talk about that. Of course, all the unacceptables. um, A bunch of stuff to talk about today. So uh, sit back, relax, wherever you may be. Um, in your car, at your cubicle, just hanging out, listening to TVE, your favorite podcast, your favorite podcast and mine, TVE, episode 333. Um, News came out Tuesday from Giant Camp, which has backfired on ownership. It's been an absolute fucking disaster. It's been an absolute travesty. It's been a PR nightmare for the Giants. The Giants immediately, and this is the one thing that is giving me this is the one thing that's making me at least be able to, to deal with this. And what it is, is the Giants, um, they can never say this. The owner alluded to it, but he can never come out and fully make a statement about this. Um, the Giants instantly and ownership instantly regretted the decision. And if they could hit a rewind button, this would have not happened. Um The fact of the matter is the New York Giants are benching Eli Manning after not missing a start since 2004, okay? Uh, I just saw something on Facebook, which was an unbelievable telling thing. Um, I'm going to get into this whole thing, and I know you guys have heard me talk about Eli. I've backed him up forever, so I'm not one of these people that like shit on him, shit on him, shit on him, and then all of a sudden now is upset and outraged. No, no, no. You guys have heard it multiple times on the show, okay? So uh, you could understand how pissed off I am, but it's it's more than that. It's a feeble attempt for people to look like they're going to try to save their jobs or do everything they can. Ben, ben McAdoo as a head coach has been a disaster this year. He's going to get fired. He'll be fired uh, in December for sure. And uh, hopefully the GM gets fired too. Uh, this guy has had no help whatsoever. He's had absolutely no help. All th- 
three of his main receivers broke their fucking leg in the same game. That's unheard of. It's almost like a joke. It's it's like it doesn't happen, okay? And that happened, okay? Think about that. He has no offensive line. He's got nobody to throw to. The only weapon he's got is a rookie out of Ole Miss at tight end in, um, er, uh, was it, uh, Eric Ingram, who has the most drops for tight ends in the National Football League right now. I think he's got like eight. The guy couldn't catch a ball if it fuck somebody handed it to him. Okay, so that's what Eli Manning is dealing with. So instead of ownership saying this absolute champion, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP, and guess who he beat during those times? That's right, he took down the empire. He took down the greatest coach of all time and the greatest quarterback of all time in Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Twice, fucking twice he did it. He did it. He didn't do it once. He didn't. This is what he did. This is what Elijah Manning did. Okay. He not only beat the 17 and 0 or the 18 and 0 Patriots to make them go 18 and 1. Not only did he do that on Tom Brady's statistical greatest year, all of that stuff. Not only Randy Moss's greatest statistical year. Not only did he go and beat them in that Super Bowl in 2007-2008 season, but then for good measure, just to put an exclamation point on it, just to put a cherry on top, he plays the same Tom Brady, the same Bill Belichick, four years later in the 2011-2012 season, and beats them in the fucking Super Bowl. Not to mention he had the hardest road to get there. He had to go into Dallas and win. He had to go into Green Bay in one of the coldest temperature games in the history of the NFL. I think at kickoff it was four degrees and Brett Favre was on the team. And guess what? He won that fucking game. He won every game on the road. He went to Tampa. He went to Dallas. He went to um, uh, Green Bay in four degree weather. And then he played the undefeated team. This guy is eight and four in the playoffs with two Super Bowls. He's not missed one start since 2004. Okay. So I was talking to a buddy, this comedian, Mike Cannon, funny dude. I was talking to him. He's 32. He was 18 years old when Eli Manning took a fucking snap. 18 years old. The kid was a teenager, and now he's 32 years old. That's the constant that has been of Eli Manning. And here's the other thing, guys. He's only 36 years old. So, yeah, people could say, hey, you know what? He's going to be done in a couple years. 36, not even 37 for a guy that has not been hurt. I mean, this guy's played hurt, but he's just a constant. I could understand two things I could understand with this move, okay? Two things. One, they're 2-9, and nine and they have a rookie on the bench that they never saw before in live game action, you know, a real game, and they're like, look, man, we know you have a streak, but we need to see what this kid could do. You only have a couple years. I wouldn't have liked it. It would have sucked if the streak was done. Fine. They're not doing that. They're putting Geno Smith in, who was with the fucking Jets last year. The guy has been average at best, okay? They're putting him in, and the coach is doing this, and the ownership allowed it, and the ownership wanted to see the other quarterbacks too, thinking that Eli, they called Eli in and said, hey, we're going to take you out after the first half so the streak stays. want to see these other guys. And Eli's like, I'm not doing that. Then, then what kind of streak is it? You go in to start the game and finish the game and win, not to just keep a streak alive. That takes the integrity of the streak away, and he's absolutely right. Good for him. He's been a class fucking act. He's been a class act forever. The second re- thing that I would understand is if they were just like, you know, it, it, everybody's hurt. 
They're just like, dude, everybody's fucking hurt right now. We don't want you to get hurt. You know, something like that. You have no, you have no receivers. Okay. But if Eli did have all the receivers and he was throwing interceptions and he just looked like he lost a big step and he couldn't play anymore and the offensive line was great and he couldn't make the throws, that's fine. Eli Manning's a class act and he would have gone to the coach and been like, look, man, we got an amazing team, an amazing offensive line. All the receivers are healthy. I'm just not the same. I got I don't have it anymore. That's what he would fucking do. He would. That's the type of person that he is. But that's not the case. The kid is 36 years old. He hasn't missed a start. There's only two other people in the history of fucking football that did it. His brother and Brett Favre's record of 296 didn't miss a start. Playing with broken bones, playing hurt. The guy gave you two parades in New York and that's how the fuck you repay him? You fat piece of shit with your stupid slick back hair and your dumb mustache. You're a walking dead man. You're a dead, it's over. You're gonna, This guy will be lucky to be the fucking long snapping coach in fucking Detroit when this thing is over. Okay? Or a friend will hook him up with a job. All right, this guy shouldn't be zipping up equipment, throwing bags on an airplane after the way he handled this team. All right? So I don't want to hear that this guy is trying to do so. Is it better for the team? Yeah, it's better for the team to put Geno Smith in the game instead of fucking Eli Manning, who's been the only class act, the face of the franchise, two-time Super Bowl champion, who's not even 37 years old? I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking sickening. But I'll take it a step further, everybody. I'm going to take it a step further, okay? Eli Manning has not only been amazing on the field and off the field, um, all the money he's raised and the way he's dedicated his life and time for young children with cancer. Fine, you could say it's a business, Paul, and that doesn't matter. And you're right, it doesn't. It's about winning. It's it's it, The league is about winning. Fine. Okay. But the fact that he was crying at his locker, he was holding in tears at his locker, how about the fact that players across the league, across the country, tweeting, fans flooding giant stadiums with with letters, the fans calling, the owner saying, we didn't know it was going to be like this. We would have reevaluated. We thought Eli would agree to come out. We can't believe this. This is looking back, blah, blah, blah. Ownership, I mean, this is a black eye for the Giants. But to have people like Marshawn Lynch and to have all the ex-Giants and Carl Banks say that this is a, a travesty, to have Philip Rivers say it's pathetic, to have everybody just disgusted with it. And you know what Eli Manning did the next day after one of the hardest days of his life and career? He showed up to Giant Stadium early and he sat down with the rookie and he started teaching the rookie plays. That's the type of guy that you're fucking dealing with here. That's the type of guy that you're dealing with. All right, people all over were going, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? Wellington Mara, rest his soul. I actually talked to somebody that used to work for the Giants and work for him. And the reason why, first first of all, Wellington Mara, just so people understand here, all right? Wellington Mara, the original owner of the New York Giants, I think he bought the Giants in like the 40s for, or, or early, he bought the Giants for $2,500. Him and Art Rooney, he actually married into the family. So like Kate Mara, the actress, her father started the Giants, her grandfather started the Giants, and her grandmother like started the, the and her grandmother is in the, it was in with the Rooney's and Steelers. So the Giants and Steelers are the same family. So when they play each other, the family says we can't lose. 
Okay, but you obviously have the father's side room for the Giants, the mother's side room for the Steelers, but it's the same fucking family. Art Rooney Sr., rest his soul, and Wellington Mara started the NFL. Okay, they started it on TV. They started with six teams. They did it. They did it, okay? And the people that talked about Wellington Mara said he was the closest man to a saint. Okay, this is the type of guy that all he cared about was the fans being happy with the product that was on the field and the fans being happy and proud of what the team is. And the one thing the fans have that's a constant is this. John Mara should be ashamed of himself. And I know John Mara is hurting. Listen, John Mara is not his father. John Wellington Mara is Wellington Mara. And John Mara is probably trying to do the best he can to follow in his father's footsteps. And this is a black eye to the Giants. It's a black eye to John Mara's legacy. And, and it's a big, big hole in, in what the Giants are and about and the historic team. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard Michael Rappaport, the actor Michael Rappaport's um, you know, <laughs> Michael Rappaport's uh, video, but I'll play it for you guys now. Uh, it just made me feel good. But then I'm going to tell a horrible, sad story about this. And uh, I'm sick over it, guys. I really am. I'm, I'm, uh, this was a tough one. And I know I don't know why I give a shit the way that I do, but I'm a Giants fan and I'm an Eli supporter forever. But here is, um, listen, listen, oh, hold on. This is uh, Michael Rappaport, the actor, talking about Ben McAdoo and the Giants' decision. Ben McAdoo, coach of the New York Giants. You decided to bench Eli Manning. You fuck you. You're benching two-time Super Bowl champion Eli Manning. You motherfucker, you. The only person that should be getting benched is your fucking barber, okay? And whoever's telling you you look good with that dumb fucking mustache. You're the coach of the New York Giants. This isn't a minor league baseball team in Saskatchewan, you motherfucker, you. You're benching Eli Manning, and you're going to start Geno fucking Smith? Geno Smith is not the answer. Geno Smith has never been the answer. The only person who's the answer is the great Allen Iverson, you fuck you. Bench yourself for not improving the offensive line, Ben McAdoo. Bench yourself for not getting us a decent running back. Bench yourself for letting D'Angelo Williams become a wrestler. He was available <laughs> all offseason, but you didn't get him. You don't bench Eli somehow, someway, Manning. He's somehow, some... Ah. Oh. All right, guys, I'm going to go back to where we were on that. All right, hold on. yourself for not getting us a decent running back. Bench oh. yourself for hold letting on. All right, here it is. Williams I'll uh, I'll put he it here. Available all off season, but you didn't get him. You don't bench Eli somehow, some way, Manning. He somehow, some way got a Super Bowl rings. Two of them, okay? The Steelers would never bench Terry Bradshaw. The Miami Dolphins would never bench Dan Marino. When Geno Smith throws three interceptions in the first half, and you, Ben McAdoo, come over to Eli Manning and tell him to check in. Eli Manning, you say these very words, Coach. Eat a dick. I ain't going in. You go in. There you have it. That is the uh, great and hilarious uh, actor Michael Rappaport's uh, reaction to this. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Almost as brutal as my fucking cat hitting the door right now. Okay. Um, Eli somehow, some way, Manning. I love that. And that is exactly right. And it exactly sums up Eli. You know, you go into the NFC Championship game on the road after all your games are on the road. It's four degrees. You're playing Brett Favre. 
and you're like, man, this is going to be rough. And then before you know it, it's the third quarter. Eli's almost perfect throwing, and the Giants are in it, and the defense steps up, and he just wins. And, like, you know, but I wanted to say, you know, the 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 amazing thing was, like, Mike Francesa on the, fo- on the fan, how he just started to, like, the rant he had was amazing. Michael Kay, all of these other people, you know, that are just, like, backing him up. But the crazy thing is all of the fans pouring in. People were almost crying. People were distraught. It was sad. People were upset. Now, granted, listen, there's a lot of bigger problems in the fucking world than a guy who's making, you know, whatever, $20 million a year, $60 million a year, or whatever he's making, you know, losing his job. I mean, Eli Man's going to be fine. I mean, he's going to live better than 99% of us, you know, for the rest of his life. And he's got a family. And I mean, he's a champion. He's a Hall of Fame. I mean, Eli Manning is going to be just fine. So, I mean, let's put it into uh, reality and, and perspective here. But... As a Giants fan, an organization that went 11-5 and last year. Oh, by the way, Eli was perfect in that game against the Packers. But guess what? The wide receivers dropped 17 points in the first half, and we were still in the game at the end but ended up losing it. But Odell Beckham dropped that first down and then dropped the touchdown. Shepard, touchdown out of his hand. They were dropping a ball all over the fucking lot last, last uh, playoff game. But guess who was the constant? Guess who you didn't have to worry about? You think if the healthy Giants went to a playoff game, you think that the one thing anybody would be worried about is Eli Manning? Now, of course they would. They worry if Odell Beckham had his head screwed on right that day and if he was going to drop anything. That's what they'd have. They would worry about if the wide receivers were more concerned with their celebration dances than actually catching the ball. That's what they would care about. They wouldn't care about Eli Manning being prepared, being ready, getting ready for the defense, studying the night before or the week before. No, because that would happen, because that's going to happen, because that's who he is. An old man called up the fan. Oh, Marshawn Lynch's tweet was great. Marshawn Lynch said, Benching Eli Manning for Geno Smith is like not running the ball in the one-yard line in the Super Bowl, which is such a great tweet. I mean, people all over the, you know, ex-Giants, legends. I mean, we're just going absolutely nuts. An old man called up the fan, and he was almost in tears. And he was distraught. And he called up and he said that he's been a season ticket holder of the New York Giants since 1957. And you could just hear in his voice, this was an old man. And he said to the host, I think it was Tony Page, he said, said, you know what, Tony? He said, I've only called Giants Stadium twice in my life, the main office twice in my life since 1957. He said, the first time I did it, I did it because my friend was dying of cancer and his last wish in the hospital was to have one of the New York Giants on the 62 or 63, one of the, one of the Giants on one of the 60 teams come and visit him. That was his last wish. And he called up and the lady was talking to on the phone and she puts him on hold. And who gets on the phone was Wellington Mara, the owner. And he gets on the phone and he says, who would you like to come to the hospital for your friend? And I think the guy's name was Homer, the guy that they wanted, Homer. And he said he'll be there tomorrow morning. And the giant went to the hospital and met his dying friend. And he said, and the next phone call I made was today because of Eli Manning. And he said, people are missing the point. It's not about benching a guy. It's about how you go about it, how an organization treats somebody. Okay, Wellington Mara said Giants are Giants for life and their family. Let a, and that's, that's guys that don't do shit. 
This guy brought you two parades. I've told you guys on my show many times that we will not understand what we had until he's gone. Number 10 has been under center for the New York Giants since 2004. You don't know anybody in your, you probably don't know anybody or you could count on one hand the amount of people you know in your life that are doing the same thing at a high level for that fucking long. Day in and day out. Not to mention he did it hurt with broken bones and still didn't miss it. You know, nobody understands that part about it. They just think, oh, wow, what is he? He's been lucky? No, he hasn't been lucky. He's got this shit kicked out of him. He's got a fucking shitty offensive line. They might as well put a couple of, they might as well put four mannequins in front of him and say, hike. That's how much time he's got to throw. It's just a bunch of, you know, giant animals just knocking, uh, you know, fucking mannequin dummies over running, running into him. That's what he's got. But he gets up. Yes, I know he's got this childish face. I, I've always said, his, you know, his face will hurt his legacy. He doesn't have that chisel, you know, he doesn't have that Brady look. You know, he doesn't have that Air Force pilot, fighter pilot look. He looks like a, you know, he looks like a dopey college kid. But he's, a, he's an assassin on the field. And uh, I'm, I'm sick over it. I, I can't believe that they're doing this. I can't believe that a guy that's going to be fired in a week Gets to, gets to do this. I can't believe ownership misread this like this. I can't believe his streak of 210 straight games is gone at 36 years old. And I'll tell you what, if Tom Coughlin takes him over in Jacksonville with the defense that Jacksonville has and the offense that Jacksonville... Jack, don't forget, Jacksonville's 8-3 right now. Jacksonville's a good team that needs a quarterback, everybody. And Tom Coughlin is there. And you know what? As much as I hate to see Eli leave Big Blue and leave the Giants, I'll tell you this. If Eli Manning goes there and he puts on number 10 in Jacksonville and goes on a playoff run or wins one, I would be almost as happy. If I saw Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning holding up a Lombardi trophy in Jacksonville, I would just want to look at, I wish that there would be a way that you could see John Mara's face. And the Giants know this now, so we'll see what happens. But I said my piece. There you have it. Sick to my stomach. Um... Awful, heartbreaking, and uh, it just sucks when your favorite team, which has a top receiver and didn't get the help. Michael Rappaport's right. We didn't get the running back. We didn't help the line. We didn't, you know, we didn't do anything for this guy to protect him and give him a running game, which, you know, obviously opens up the passing game. We did nothing. You know what we did? We gave him nothing. He gave us everything, and he got benched for it. That's what happened. So, you know. And a lot of people, well, Eli said no. They called him in the office and said, hey, you're going to start to keep the streak alive, but then we're going to pull you at the half. That, you don't do that. That's not, it's like he's either the quarterback or he's not. You don't just do that. And it was another, that's another classy thing that he did. What would be great, and he wouldn't do this. So he's a better man than me. Eli Manning's the type of dude that walks in, sees his girl fucking another guy, and he just smiles and goes, okay, enjoy your life. But just remember, you did this and good luck, and he walks out. See, me, I can't do that. Me, I'm calling her a whore. I'm wishing bad things. You know, I'm finding all my shit, taking my shit out of the house. You know, I'm probably, yeah, I'll probably start throwing things at both of them. Like, I'm, I'm a, I couldn't, I don't have that. You know, and who knows? Maybe I'm lying. Maybe I'd get quiet, leave, go in my car and leave, and then, and then I would start with the fucking, I don't know. But Eli Manning, no, this is a, this is a, this is the, a class act. He could have easily said, then release me. Release me. Let me go. Just let me go. But uh, that's what he should have done. That's what I would have done. I go, dude, you're doing this to me. 
after two. I would have held. This is what I would have done. I would have held a press conference. Not only that, I would have held a press conference. I would have told every network to come. I'll tell my lawyer. I'll say, set up a press conference. We're doing a press conference. I'm doing a press conference away from the Giants, and I'm going to set up a press conference. And I would be. That's how you fucking do me. You're going to do me like John Maris. Like, we didn't want you to go out like this and all that stuff. But I would be like, that's how you're going to do it. I brought two Super Bowl rings here. Two parades happened here. Glory happened here in 2007, 2008, 2011, 2012. I did that. Okay? I was MVP of those Super Bowls. I performed. I went on the road as an underdog every week in and week out in the playoffs and won those fucking games. I'm the one that caused a frenzy out here in New York. I did that. And you're going to do me for a guy that fucking could barely play and got benched by the Jets a couple years ago? Are you out of your mind? I'm out. I want my release. I can't believe it. Wellington Marrow would have never done this. He's probably rolling over in his grave. I hope you know you tarnished the name. I hope you know you. I would have lost my shit. I would have lost my shit, dude. I'd have got arrested. I'd start pissing and shit. <laughs> Pull my dick out and start pissing. No, uh, I would have just lost my mind. I would have lost my mind. Uh, all right, I'm done with this. I'm done. That's it. We'll get on to other things. I'm sorry. I just, uh, I had a great weekend. We'll talk about that. Wait, but before I do, before I do, I just, there was one other point that I wanted to make. And the other point that I wanted to make was, uh, I heard this, somebody said this on the radio. So I, actually, I can't say that it's my point, but I heard it and I wanted to make, I want to make a point. I wanted to make it a point that I brought it up on the show. And that is Tony Romo, who never won anything. Never won anything. I think in all the years he was the uh, quarterback for the Cowboys, he won, I believe, one playoff game. He's thrown huge interceptions in fourth quarters of playoff games. He's never done anything. Uh, And when he was done and retired, Jerry Jones basically dedicated the weekend to him. They gave him like a, what, a half a million dollar little party, whatever the hell they did. They, you know, retired his number. They put his, they did all that stuff. And uh, Eli Manning gets treated like this. So that's what Jerry Jones did. And this is what the New York Giants did to Eli Manning, which is um, an absolute, absolute travesty. Okay. I had a great time. Guys, I had a great time this weekend at, um, at uh, the fair. I, I can't even stress enough if you're in the area. I guess I don't even have to promote it like this because that's how, um, that's how amazing it is, and that's how many people come out anyway. So I don't even have to sit here and sell the club, but I did um, the Fairfield Comedy Club in Fairfield, Connecticut, which is located, I believe, inside the Circle Hotel in Fairfield, and there was a 7 o'clock and a 9 o'clock show, both jam-packed, small little venue. I bet you could hold maybe 100 people. Uh, low ceilings, maybe more, but just amazing, amazing crowds. Such a great time. Uh, was out there with Robbie Slovic and was out there with uh, Alex Pavone. The, you know, uh, the host, uh, Joe was out there, Beecher, who hosts out there. All these great comedians just hanging out out there and just made it a great experience. And um, I had a great time. So if you are in that area, I could tell you, I don't know if it's because it's the only game in town. I don't know if the people there just love comedy and there's no club, but this club is rocking and it is the place to be if you love stand-up comedy and you're in Fairfield, Connecticut. So please go support them. It was amazing. I had 
Uh, my sponsors, Chassis, came out, which was great. They had a great time and, um, you know, had some other people come out. It was just a lot of fun. And um, I think that uh, you guys would love it. It's a small venue and all that. So there you have it. Uh, I had a great time. Okay. Um, guys, here is my unacceptable. How much time are we? How much time are we at here? Because I, I know I went off on the Eli thing. Wow. Okay. So here is my unacceptable. And I'm having problems with this fucking email. Oh, by the way, Patreon listeners. Uh, there's a new Patreon that was up with the very funny very funny comedian, uh, one of my favorites actually, Tim Dillon, who is both hilarious and out of his mind, and one of my favorites, uh, we did that on Patreon, and now the Patreons are coming more and more, and, uh, there's gonna be, uh, more coming this week, so they just keep coming, thank you, I'm getting more pledges, more, uh, more subscribers, but if you haven't listened to the one with, uh, Tim Dillon, and I'm gonna, I got some surprise ones coming, so, now, uh, I figured out how to do it, we got the new app for it, I could do it all at the all at all in one shot from my phone, so they're coming. More of them are coming. So thank you for your uh, thank you for your patience with that. For as little as three dollars, three dollars a month, you get more uh, TVE. You get interviews with other comedians. You just get more rants, more unacceptables, uh, occasional videos, all that stuff. So you could check that out. Uh, here is my unacceptable. I know people are like really losing their patience lately, and I can't. I'm I'm having a hard time. You know keeping my patience with these people, all right, um, I call up the doctor, my daughter has to get a procedure done, so I had to call the doctor, and like, they need to just check her before she gets the procedure done, so let me just give the backstory of, we, our regular children's pediatrician, uh, she was great, she was always there, and she moved on and went on to another, uh, went on to another office, she moved, I don't know what happened, so, then they just assigned another doctor that's in that office. And we know all of them. There's about three or four of them. But a lot of times they're so busy. So if my son or daughter gets sick and we go in and we need to see somebody, sometimes it's a different one. Okay, sometimes it'll be the the, the main doctor, the, the guy who's like his main office. But then it'll be a one or two other doctors. There's another man doctor. There's another woman doctor. So it just depends. They'll say, hey, we're really busy, but we could get you in with Dr. So-and-so. And we all know them, and that's fine. There's a reason and there's a point or I'm t- why I'm telling the story. So uh, I call up and I say, hey, I'm calling for my daughter. She needs to kind of get like a pre-op. She needs to get like a pre-screen, you know, whatever, um, before her procedure. And the lady goes, okay. Um, and this lady's always like in a rush when I'm there. And it's like, this bitch is like 65 years old, old, like sitting there, white hair. She's been there forever. And she's just always like fucking rushing you. She always seems like she's losing her patience. It's like, then get the fuck on, move on and let some young bitch come in here. That's going to be happy with her job. Okay. Cause you clearly need to hang it up. You need to hang it up. Okay. She's always in a rush. So I go, yeah, this is Sana, you know, whatever her fucking name is. And I was like, yeah, um, I need to get my daughter a pre-screening, pre-op for this thing. When's the appointment? I said, the appointment's in the middle of December. Okay. Um, and who's her doctor? And I go, I'm sorry. And she goes, who's her doctor? Already I start to get really like, already she's getting like upset and pissing me off. And I go, well, actually, to be honest with you, I go, it keeps changing. So like the last time and she goes, oh my God, hold on. What's the date of birth? Like I said, oh my God to me. So now I'm fuming. Now I'm almost like not even, everything she's saying just sounds like fucking white noise to me. I'm just, I'm fuming. And um, 
She goes, what's the birth date? And I give my daughter's birth date. She goes, oh, it's Dr. So-and-so. And she just starts talking and I'm being quiet and I'm really pissed off now. And I'm like, I can't let it go. I'm not letting it go. You don't say, oh my God, like I'm your fucking husband you're fighting with. All right, go fuck yourself, you old bitch. Okay? I seriously, I might even call or just be like, you know what? I, I, you were really, really rude and impatient. And I just want to say it was really shitty. And because of the way you acted, it's making me think of going to another doctor's office. This way, every time I go there, I don't give a shit how busy she is. She's going to be a fucking afraid of me. And she's going to fear me and she's going to sit there with a smile. I don't give a shit. All right? I got so pissed off at this chick. So we're just waiting there. I'm just waiting there listening to her. And she said something. She goes, oh, the last time. That, and I said, yeah, ma'am. I said, I said, yeah, the last time was another doctor. I said, so that's the reason I said that to you because there's been multiple doctors. And then she kind of backtracked a little bit. Oh, yeah, well, well, the reason why I asked, and it's like, no, you asked in an impatient asshole way, and now I'm explaining to you why, and you probably feel bad and you're backtracking. Absolutely unacceptable, this old cunt. And I hate to say that, but I don't give a shit. Don't fucking talk to me like that. All right, I'm sitting here trying to do the right thing, try to set an appointment, try to give you people money. Trying to give you people money. And I need I need to hear you go, oh, God, what's the birth date? It's like, don't fucking talk to me like that. Are you out of your fucking mind talking to me like that? Give a sh- You know what I should have said? I should have been like, ma'am, I'm confused. I'm a little confused why you're acting like this because someone your age can't even get their period. So why are you acting this way? And just fucking look at her. Oh, I'm, on, I'm, I'm hot about it. And I know that's much, and I know some of you women are like, oh, that's too much. Shut the fuck up. No, it's not. Don't talk to me like that. I don't give a fuck about your day. I would say that if it was a man, too. Piss me the fuck off. Oh, God. Think about that for a second. I called a doctor's office for my daughter's well-being, and I'm going to give these people money. And the woman said to me, oh, God, what's the birth date? Are you nuts? That's like the most unacceptable. I'm calling them. I'm calling them. I can't handle it. As a matter of fact, talking about it, I'm calling them. Or when I go there, I'm going to be like, listen, I'd rather not deal with this woman because this woman's impatience makes me crazy and I don't want to snap or take my business elsewhere because I don't need to be on the phone. I don't care how busy you are, okay? Five extra seconds to figure something out. Why don't you look on your computer and find out that there's been different doctors every time? Why don't you look on the computer and find out, oh, well, my daughter had the flu, we went to this doctor. Oh, when my son had asthma, this doctor came in the room. Why don't you figure out that since the main doctor left, we've been hopping around from doctor to doctor in that office. Why don't you figure that shit out before you say, oh God, unacceptable. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. Then I got another one for you guys. Then I walked into the, I think, I I don't even know if I mentioned this. I walked in to my favorite deli to go get like raviolis and sauce before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving, one of those nights that weekend. And I they close at six o'clock. I walked in at 5.55. There was two people online and the lady saw me walk in and she just goes, what did she say? She just goes, uh, oh, come on. And then she's like, all right, we got to lock the door. That's it. Nobody else like, like, oh, come on. And I even said to her, I go, you're not having a good, she goes, no, listen, I don't, I go, well, you got, I go, someone's got plans tonight. She goes, no, no, I don't have plans till like nine. So I'm good. It's just like, it's been one of those days, you know, enough is enough. And it's like, I'm giving you money. And it all comes down to the same thing, folks. It all comes down to the same thing. All of you TVE listeners know it comes down to people not happy with what they're doing. That's not my fault. 
You know what I would do if I was in a place like that? I was in an establishment like that working and it's five minutes to and I'm ready to leave and I had a bad day and I'm working at a deli, okay? And somebody walked in and my instinct was to go, oh, come on. You know what I would do? Instead of saying, oh, come on, making the customer hear that, I would walk in the back kitchen and go, what has your life become that you're still open for another five minutes and this is what this job is doing to you? You need to go home and reevaluate what you're doing with your life, okay? You need to figure out that if that happens and it gets you that bad, you're probably at a wrong job. You're probably at a dead end in your life and now it's time to figure out something where a customer who's going to pay your establishment walks in and you don't go, oh, come on, you fucking miserable asshole. I don't need to hear that when I'm going to buy my dinner. And I urge you all to say something when these people do it. Now listen, are people entitled to a bad day? Yes, they are. But you know something? There's ways to do it. There's ways to do it and there's ways not to do it. I don't care that it's been one of those days because guess what? It wasn't one of those days for me. And when it is one of those days for me, I take it out on the people that I love. (laughs) Not innocent bystanders. All right, I'll come home. Those are the days where your wife or spouse or partner, everybody's just like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? And you're like, because this, this, and that. That's why, okay? That's what it's for. Not some stranger, you know, doing that shit. I can't stand it. I really can't. It really pissed me off. Those are my unacceptables. Here's the problem. I can't get to your unacceptables right now. I don't know why I can't. I'm trying to find the password, and I just can't. I don't know why. Um... Yeah, it's, I keep trying to get the, I don't know if I need to reset it or what needs to happen, but I can't get the unacceptables. It's saying, and here's the other thing, I want to, I would, um, do you want to update and save a password for, yeah, let's update the password. And it's not letting me. It's really not letting me. So, I need to figure this out is what I need to do. All right, guys, I cannot find this. I'm sorry about that. I cannot. There's an issue with the unacceptable email. So if you have an unacceptable submitted this week, do not worry. I will have them all. It'll just be more unacceptables next week, but I won't keep it too long. I'll keep it the way I normally keep it. Uh, Okay, so sorry about that. That's what happens when you don't have uh, producers. That's what happens when you don't hire producers. That's what happens when you do everything on your own and you are basically computer illiterate. Now, this one, I don't even know. I mean, I've never had issues with the um, with the emails, but of course, everything gets upgraded. That's what happens. Google updates everything and you got to do that. I bought a you know $900 iPhone or $800 iPhone and... You can't even put the letter I in it because there's an A and it's all screwed up. And you need to, of course, a software update because that's what happens. You spend all this money. You got to just keep fucking updating. It's like, how about this? How about I give you guys $800 and when you hand me the phone, it's fucking ready for anything always. How about that? Can these phones that people are spending all this money on, can they update themselves? How about they just update themselves instead of me having to go to my settings and having to do this? How much money is it going to take for me not to go to my settings? Answer me that. 
How much money is it going to take for me to buy a phone, which you guys are grossly overcharging, which the battery dies every fucking five seconds, okay? You charge the thing. Everyone's like, oh, did you close all the applications? Yeah, I did. I closed all the applications. It still gave me 45 minutes. It sucks. You got to walk around with chargers. You got to walk around. It sucks. It's bullshit. It's a scam. Then you, then what? Then you're going to buy the iPhone 11 in 2019 and, and, and it's going to be an update if it's going to be $3,000 because it's going to scan your finger. It's going to give you a quiz to make sure it's you. And then it doesn't fucking work because it needs updates. That's what happens. They don't make anything easy, but they charge you for the extra thing. This one's got extra side grip. So it doesn't slide down. So we're gonna give we're gonna charge another uh, you know, $199 for the slide grip. You know, this one you just say volume up, volume down, and it goes up. We're gonna charge fifteen hundred for that one. Oh, and by the way, when you get it two weeks later, you're gonna have to update it. Okay, because they're always updating shit. You can't even keep your emails the same. Oh, Google did some update. Do you want to reset your passwords? No, because I have 50 fucking accounts and I have 50 passwords. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up today, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. This is not a... I don't know why. I'm not too... I'm not in a bad mood. I wouldn't say I'm in a bad mood at all. I'm actually relaxed, but I'm upset relaxed. Like, I'm relaxed in life, but people... People bother me today. I'm upset with people. And maybe that means I'm upset with myself. No, honestly, I I just am thinking about everybody that's being a dick lately. And I am... T- you know what it is? This is what it is. I figured it out. When you treat people good all the time and you're nice to people all the time, I just... I'm really bad with moody people. And because, look, I'm not the easiest guy. I get that. Okay? I do. I'm not the easiest guy. All right? I am, uh, you know, but I wouldn't say that I'm moody or even if I am moody, you would never know it. And I don't take it out on people. I don't like that. I have family members. There are people in my family that, you know, sometimes I'm not going to mention names, but you don't know which one's arriving. I don't like that. I don't like, well, they're going through this. I don't fucking like it. Leave my fucking house then if you're going through something and you're going to treat me different. Or you stay in my fucking house and you act like a sweetheart always and then you fucking deal with it in private. I don't care. I don't. I don't care because I don't do that. I'm going through my shit too. You know? People, you got to worry about people's moods and call this one and I hope they're in a good mood and I hope it's like, no, act your fucking age. Act like a man or act like a woman and be tough about it. And you go through what you go through privately. And again, everybody's entitled to a bad day. Don't take that shit out on me. Because I don't do that to anybody. And that's what happens. You think people are going to act like you. I had this one woman. She was an absolute sweetheart in the grocery store. She was an absolute sweetheart. Helping me at the register. Just the best. The nicest person. She could have been going through shit. But she dealt with it by just being kind and dealing with it herself. That's what people do. I don't need you to go... Oh, God, just give me the birth date. Uh, you know, I, I think this might have stemmed from the Eli thing, which is so ridiculous, but it's just one of those, it's just one of those weeks. 
I can never tell from the listeners if you guys like a mad Paul Verzi or if you guys like the calm, easygoing one. <laughs> or I'm sure some of you like a common, uh, what's it called? The, the somewhere in between. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, you know, and I shouldn't be this way. It's Christmas time. It's a great time. And I'm sure I'm going to be fine in like 12 hours. I am. But, you know, I just feel that, you know, people just, uh, yeah, people just, uh, people are just really selfish pieces of shit. And I think, you know, in the upbringing that I was, you know, in my upbringing and growing up, I had some people that were close to me that were really selfish. And uh, I, I'm really bad with, like, selfish people because when somebody takes their mood out on you, they're a really selfish piece of shit. That's really what that means. If, if somebody's mood is dictating the environment of the room and the vibe in the room... That's really selfish because all they care about is them and they don't care what anybody else is feeling. I don't have patience for that. I don't. And I think I'm, I'm actually giving myself self-therapy here talking to you guys on the podcast because that's what it is. I think growing up, I just had a little breakthrough. <laughs> I think growing up with selfish people who their moods dictated everything going on in the room and how everybody felt really gives me a bad really gives me a bad feeling and brings back bad feelings about that. So now in my everyday life, probably hence why I do an unacceptable segment is because when people do that, I can't stand it. It ultimately comes down to selfish people, people who it's all about them. They always have to talk about them. That's what really bothers me. That's what it really is. It's people who are, are, are constantly about themselves or always about themselves that I can't stand because it's, it's selfish and I, I, I just can't stand it. Uh, all right. Wow. I feel like if I just called, like, I feel like if I was in a therapy office right now and I was sitting down on the couch, I would just get up and be like, all right, I think we got today. I think, uh, <laughs> I think we nailed today, you know, uh, but listen, then again, I also have people that I know close that are, are, are depressed and hurting and they're always smiling and not, not showing it. And that's dangerous too, you know, but I'm just saying, don't tell you could like say, you know, you could go through it, talk to somebody, but you also don't want to harbor everything and keep everything in. And then you explode one day and you start fucking shooting people. You don't want to do that either. Cause that, that happens too. Um, all right. What else can we talk about everybody? I got the, I think I got the fire out of me. I got the venom out of me. Uh, I'm sure it'll come back when I see Geno Smith hike the first snap on Sunday and know that Eli's streak is over. Uh, that'll pro- Then I'll probably curse for another couple hours. And, um, and that'll be it. Movies, guys. I did not see any movies. I didn't. Um, wait, did I? I started to watch... Oh, I started to watch a conspiracy theory documentary on... Um, there's a new one on 9-11, so I gave it like 25 minutes, and it just frustrated me. It was one of those where I just turned it off. If you go to Netflix right now, it's one of the newer ones on Netflix where they got all this information, 28 pages that they blacked out, and all the guys were the Saudis. They were all from Saudi Arabia, and they were all meeting in Sarasota, Florida, and there was a bunch of things going on in Sarasota, Florida, and the flight school that they went to to learn how to fly was all hanging and happening in Sarasota, Florida, and it just got me upset. 
it just got me upset. And then like the CIA and the FBI covering up their blunder. And another thing that just pissed me off, like, you know what? I don't need to watch it. 3,000 Americans got massacred that day on television because of this shit. And all these years later, we know that there was just big fuck-ups by the country, and we're never going to know the truth. So I was like, you know what? Let me turn this off. I'm already pissed off, you know. It's been a weird week. It's been a really weird week. I mean, I saw an elephant draw itself. I couldn't fuck, I could not believe that I saw an elephant draw itself, Okay. I was talking about that on stage. We give a shit. We give a shit in this country about things that aren't news. And that's what trends the most. Okay? I don't mean any disrespect to anybody in, in great, you know, in, in, from England. Okay? All the people from the UK, all my British listeners, I do not mean any disrespect to you. I appreciate you listening to the Verzi Effect from afar. I appreciate the fact that you're a fan. I appreciate that when some of you guys come to the States, you come up to me at my shows in Boston and in New York, tell me where you're from. It's overwhelming and mind-blowing to me that I'm reaching people from overseas and everything and that that are, are, are fans of my show and my comedy. So I mean no disrespect when I say I can give a fuck about the royal family or Prince Harry or Prince this or Queen that. Honestly, I think it's hilarious that there is a king and queen still. And again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I Honestly, I'm not. I get it. It's, it's cool. I get it. But this idea that in the United States of America, some of the things that are trending, trending, meaning that this is what multiple hundreds and hundreds of millions of people are talking about is Prince Harry, you know, getting engaged to some fucking American woman. Like, I could give a shit. Okay, I could give a shit if Prince Harry, and I'm not trying to be rude here, and it's going to come across rude, but if Prince Harry and this girl flew off of a cliff, I would be like, wow, that was fu- that's fucked up, you know, like who are the Giants playing next week? Like I, it's not part of our country. I don't care. The royal family has never once affected my life one time ever. The royal family's never sent a check to my house. The royal family's never, you know, you know, done anything for my children. The royal family's never impacted my life financially, emotionally, you know, nothing. It's never, it's never impacted my life with my business. I don't give a fuck about Prince this, King that, Queen that, all this shit. The royal palace, whatever you want. I don't care. Okay, I'm an American. I don't want to see this and that. I don't give a shit. I saw an elephant paint itself, and it's. I'm. I'm. I can't believe it's not world news. I can't fucking believe that I saw an elephant grab a paintbrush with his tree trunk, and I'm doing a bit on this. I'm not even bullshit. I mean, I still can't wrap my head around it. It's. <laughs> it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. A fucking elephant grabbed a paintbrush and painted itself. There was a canvas and some guy dipping the brush, gives the brush to the to the elephant's trunk, and this thing started painting. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. This isn't gonna this is gonna be like a kindergarten, like a sloppy. No. This thing drew the trunk, then it drew its ass, then it drew its legs. This thing drew a portrait of itself with its trunk, and he just had like a paint bitch. That dipped it for him and then just gave it to him. And while the thing, while the guy was dipping it, this thing's trunk is just going back and forth. It's looking around like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, you guys got to check this out. There's a crowd of people. 
And then everyone's like, yeah, well, they're trained to do it. I don't give a shit. They're doing it. Then they were trained well. They were trained well. And then, on top of it, after it drew itself, okay, it gets the, the, the brush again, and it starts making flowers. And it starts, like, you know, like putting accents on it. It was, it was unbelievable. Every news channel should have stopped. I, that, that's how crazy it was to me. I thought every news channel should have stopped. <laughs> and there should have been a scroll on the bottom. Breaking news. Elephant paints itself. Like that, To me, that is like the craziest thing in the world. And instead, they're talking about Prince Harry. You know, and Matt Lauer being a scumbag. You couldn't you couldn't look at Matt Lauer and know that he was kind of weird. You couldn't look at Matt Lauer and know that there's some skeletons in that closet. Come on. I don't give a shit. At least the Matt Lauer thing is news in our country. The Prince Harry thing and all that, that it's beyond me. It's beyond me. But an elephant painted itself, everybody. That was the craziest thing. What's next? What, are they going to throw a crayon to a giraffe and the thing's going to start sketching out blueprints of buildings like an architect like it's the craziest thing I've ever seen and nobody cares that's what I care about I care about the elephant painting itself that's news to me that's something that I could sit in a green room at a comedy club and be like dude did you see that elephant as a matter of fact we were at a comedy club and I showed people and they were like dude I saw that video you put up and if you guys want to see it it's on my Facebook an elephant painted itself and then, of course, you got the people going, well, some of those elephants are really, you know, tortured to do that. And then somebody else came in and goes, that's not true. They actually make money doing it, and it's not that bad. But, of course, somebody's always got to throw a wet blanket on something. Somebody's always got to smother a fun time, smother something. I don't care what happens. And quite frankly, I don't care what the elephant went through to do it. It was free when it was doing it. It was standing there, and it was painting. It was painting. It painted itself. And, uh, and we were talking about it in the green room and everyone's like, yeah, dude, I was crazy. And then they were watching it and it was a nice conversation. It was like, wow, we have uh, animals that are so intelligent. They could do things like that, but I'm not going to go into a green room and be like, Hey, hear about Prince Harry got Prince Harry got engaged to some chick who's going to make a million dollars on millions and millions of dollars on it. You know, I was like, I don't give a shit. That's what we care about in this country. We give, of course we do. That's why Kim Kardashian has 80 million fucking dollars. Because she blew a guy on camera and she walked around with a fat ass and, and, and dating athletes and she's, she's got more money than you could count. And I know some of the most talented people in the world who work for fucking chicken wings to, you know, get up and they're brilliantly funny on stage and they're in bars working for chicken wings and Kim Kardashian's making millions of dollars blowing people. Oh, I'm fired up today, guys. Uh, but anyway, it's the holiday season. And um, it's a time for, you know, family. It's a time for uh, cookies. It's a time for giving. It's a time for receiving. Um, It's a time for amazing food and dressing nice. And it's a time for snow and Santa Claus. So let's focus on that. Uh, Oh, I got good news too. I found out, in case you guys were wondering or give a shit, I don't know if you do, but I know that I mentioned it on the show, so I figured I would tell you. Um, I got my MRI back on my spine, my lower lumbar uh, spine, they call it. And uh, I found out a couple of things, but I herniated my L4-5 disc in 1997. And here we are 21 years later, and I still feel things from it. However, the MRI showed that the herniation healed itself and I do not have a herniation anymore however the disc under it the last disc 
um, the L5-S1, which is the last disc above the tailbone, that has some irritation and it's kind of hitting a nerve a little bit. But overall, I had a very good, clean MRI, he said, and I just need some physical therapy, some exercising and the right mattress, and I should be fine. So I do not need back surgery, which was something I thought I would be going through in the early part of 2018. So that's a positive note. That's a positive note. And that doctor is awesome. He calls you back right away. He gives you all the details. Scared the shit out of me, though. He called, and he goes, Hey, yeah, Paul, Dr. So-and-so here. Uh, you know, got your results. Give me a call. And it didn't sound good. Then I call back. And the guy goes, and the guy goes, uh, I, his, his, uh, his secretary answered and I go, Hey, this is Paul Verzi just calling back. And she goes, Oh God, hold on. And I'm going, Oh shit. Maybe this is bad. Like <laughs> the way his voicemail was and the way she was like, she goes, Oh, all right, hold on. But like in a, in a concerned way, cause she's a sweetheart. And then she gets back and she goes, he's with somebody, he'll call you back. So now I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm going to need back surgery tonight. The way it sounded and my back has been really hurting me. I was like, I'm going to need back surgery tonight. And then he called with good news. So I read into it. I read into it. Oh my God, we didn't get into the sponsors. That's how fired up this show was. I went right into the Eli Manning. Guys, of course, we got to shout out to sponsors. The Verzi Effect. You guys listening to TVE 333. Um, and we are sponsored by the always amazing Chassis. Chassis for men. Uh, it is a premium fine powder for uh, the man's private parts down there. It is the ultimate testicle uh, powder. Uh, it is Chassis. Uh, premium, premium powder, which has a unbelievable, unbelievable... Um, just everything, the dryness, uh, it's no chafing, no odor, no nothing, um, your ball, you've heard me say it, uh, my balls have never been more pristine, I want to thank the people from Chassis for coming out to the show, but it really is like the best thing, and it is actually, a physician has uh, signed off on it, that's right, Dr. J, um, he is a uh, pediatrician in uh, Connecticut, and he has actually used the product. He's ordered the product, and he's going to make a quote, a statement about how amazing the product is. The product, uh, the powder contains no aluminum, no talc, okay, no menthol, no parabens, nothing like that. It is just a unbelievable product. Which the the like I said, guys, the protection, the dryness. It's just um, really one of the best things that I've um, ever used on my body. Uh, they also have a shower primer. And uh, it really is nice that people reach out and say that they keep using it. And I, I've said it before, it'll be an amazing um, stocking stuffer. Great uh, Christmas gift. Uh, Chassis is spelt, by the way, C-H-A-S-S-I-S. You can buy this product at ChassisForMen.com or also on Amazon. You could check out all their stuff, the, the, um, you know, the lotion, the, 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 the shower primer, and of course the powder, they have scented, unscented, um, but please check it out for the holidays. Uh, you will not be disappointed when I tell you every single person that, uh, I know that uses it reached out to me and said, wow, I'm never using another powder. Um, do not put, and I'm not trying to shit on other places, but do not put, I'm not going to even mention other company names cause that's the last thing I need is to get sued. You know, but let's just say there's a popular powder company out there. There's a couple. Don't put it on your balls. 
if you're going to put anything on your balls, you got to put chassis on your balls. Okay? That's all I'll say. Man care for down there chassis. Check it out. City Living Dog and Coach Mike. Uh, check out Coach Mike, all of his um, social media outlets. Check out his Facebook Live. What he does with these dogs is amazing. He's helped Verzi affect uh, listeners' dogs, and uh, he will help you. Tell him that I sent you. Uh, great dude. I think he's dedicated almost 18 years of his life to these dogs, and uh, he's the best. So check him out on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, City Living Dog and Coach Mike. And, of course, guys, all things comedy. Uh, where would the show be without the support of all things comedy, all things comedy.com for your favorite podcasts, for your favorite comedy albums, your favorite comedy content. They have it all. They also are producing specials, which mine is the first. And, uh, I got some news guys that I will know. Well, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to go. I, I should know by the holidays, uh, by the end of next month, I will know where this will be and when you guys will see it and all that stuff, what network and where and all that. But it's coming. You will see it. And, um, yeah, the feedback of already the sneak peek or whatever and the trailer has been great. And uh, All Things Comedy really stepped up for me. So please check them out at allthingscomedy.com uh, and follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy. Um, yeah, a little fired up today. I know. It's just been a crazy week. It was Eli. Then I got to listen about Prince Harry. I saw an elephant paint itself. I had the lady at the doctor be mean to me. I, um, you know, I mean, it's just been, it's just been one weird thing after another. Uh, Shout out to Rooster, Dave the Rooster on NBC Sports Radio in Arizona. When I was in Arizona, I did their show promoting my show, and we hit it off, and him and some uh, ex-NFL players came to the show, or oh, ex-NFL players were on the radio show. We brought an ex-NFL player to my show, and I texted him after the Eli thing, and I called him, and he goes, what's up, Paul? And I, this is how upset I was. Anybody in sports, I literally hit up the NFL network. It was too last minute. I hit up the NFL network and my friend and Peter Schrager, and I go, you guys get me on that television show again. And I will give you the most entertaining four-minute segment. But it's actually better that it was last minute and I couldn't get on because I would have probably been dragged out of the studio with what I said. And at, the, and at that time, I was so hot. So I start calling people, and Dave the Rooster from NBC Radio in Arizona goes, Hey, buddy. He goes, Dude, I'm doing the show in about 12 minutes. Can I call you? You want to go on the air and just vent? And I go, Absolutely. And I was on the FDR drive going to a gig in the city. Um... And I'm just, I was going to Dangerfields, I believe. Was it Dangerfields? Yeah, one of those uh, clubs. And I just went on and I just lost my mind. And he just sat back, listened and laughed, thanked me and then texted me. Oh, that was awesome. But I had to get it out. Uh, he goes, hey, could you do me a favor? He goes, call up. Everything you just did is great. I love that you're hot right now. Just, you know, call up the radio. He goes, just minus the F-bombs. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, I get it. I'm not going to call up NBC radio and just start, you know, just, <laughs> and just, you know, have every radio outlet or every show afraid to book me ever again because I can't control myself because I'm dropping F-bombs. But I'll tell you what, man, um, and in all seriousness, I guess I opened with the Eli thing and I'll close with it a little bit. Not, not like getting into the reason and stuff, but it was the first time that I was actually hurt by a sporting thing. 
And I think it was because it was more than sports. That's what it was. It was a human thing. That's what it was. It was a human thing. It was somebody that's good and somebody that deserved better. It, it, it almost feels like you watched somebody get bullied through the media and through an organization that they were loyal to. It, honestly, like it, it, it felt like a best friend who you love and you knew his girlfriend and you loved her. And he just came and he's like, yeah, I, you know, so I found out she was fucking somebody else. And you were just like, what? And then you see how hurt they are. You know, I know that's probably a little extreme. And some of you were like, yeah, you know, he's making $20 million. He's got $200 million in the back. He's fine. But that that's really what it was. Um, And I think I want to put $500 on the Raiders to beat the Giants by more than seven. For the first time in my life, bet against my team. Bet against my heart. Just out of just out of frustration. Part of me wants, and this is bad, I want the Giants to get their shit kicked out of them. Um, guys, I don't know if I have any more fire in me today. Um, this has probably been top ten most angry I've been on the show. I could pretty much I pretty much could say that. I apologize for not doing your um unacceptables, but Check out Patreon. I got another one coming, and the Tim Dillon one is already up. And you're going to get another one coming. So now that we got that figured out, you guys are just going to keep getting content. Um, also, guys, if you want me to, um, if there's anybody that you want me to talk to, if there's any questions that you have, if you want me to do, and this is another thing that I'm going to take requests on, if you want me to just do a Patreon for 10, 15, 20 minutes on a topic and enough people want me to talk about it, I'll do that. You know, like the Patreon is for you guys, man. Like, you know, it's a subscription thing, um, but it's, you know, I want to give you guys extra content. But if something's going on or if you have a question, I would even do something where if like five or, you know, three to five of you had questions or private questions and you just wanted me to answer those questions where I couldn't do it on the regular show, I would do it on a Patreon, like just, you know, and, and actually respond to you. Like, so I would say, this message is for so-and-so, and the question was this. If you wanted the subscribers to listen, if you didn't, I could probably keep it private just to you. But let me know if you want me to do that. I have no problem doing that, okay? Uh, so there you have it. This has been uh, TVE. Oh, let me get into the plugs. This is TVE333. Um, what do I have coming up? Just a lot of city dates, guys. Now that it's going into December, I don't think I'm going to be flying anywhere the rest of the, the year. So December, I should be local. I'll be doing shows at uh, The Stand. I'll be doing shows at Stand Up New York. I'll be doing shows New York Comedy Club. I'll be doing shows, um, you know, all over Dangerfield. I, I'll be all over the city. Um, so, uh, yeah, you guys could just check out paulverzi.com. More stuff will be coming on. And uh, that's it. I hope everybody has a good week. And until the next one, I'm out of here. Take care, everybody.